Hello, and welcome to the Formal Review. Today, we'll be talking about the 2021 film, Matrix Resurrections. Now sit back, relax, grab your drinks, and let's talk about this movie. What's up, y'all, and welcome back to the Formal Review. This is Season 4, Episode 24, and I thank you all for tuning in once again. This episode will be an analysis on the newest and fourth Matrix live-action film, and then a ranking of where it stands in the overall series, so stay tuned. Now, before I get into anything, I do want to preface this episode with a slight spoiler warning. One for the original films. It has been a while, though, since those films were released, so you've had time to see them. And with the new film, I will do my best to keep everything vague so not to ruin the movie for you. But I do always suggest you go see the film first before hearing what I have to say about it so you fully understand everything. But if you really don't care about that, just keep listening. Also... I know I talk about this at the end, but the data shows that most people don't listen to that part, so I want to talk about it here and reiterate the importance of leaving reviews on your favorite subscription services. I do read those because I do want to grow because these episodes are really for all you listeners out there, and I want to keep this entertaining, so what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear games? Do you want to hear more of the 4K stuff? Do you want to hear me talk about a certain movie? If you want to come on and talk to me about something for you want to debate, I'm always open to do stuff like that so you can always reach out to me on social media i always want to grow and improve and just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved so if there's something that you want me to improve on let me know and i will grow as such so let's get back to the movie at hand so sit back relax grab your drinks let's talk about this movie Matrix Resurrections is a science fiction action film produced, co-written, and directed by Lana Wachowski, and it is the sequel to the original Matrix films. It marks the return of Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Lambert Wilson, and they are joined by Yaha Abdul-Mateen II, Jessa Henwick, Jonathan Groff, Neil Patrick Harris, and Priyanka Chopra Jonas. It's set 60 years after the events of Revolutions, where Thomas Anderson lives in this seemingly ordinary life as this video game developer, who apparently designed the video game which is where the prior films took place however as things are in this series that isn't the real world now thanks to this group of rebels and a newly programmed version of morpheus neo is freed and they have to fight a new enemy that is now holding trinity captive now before we get into this story we have to journey back about 22 years to 1999 when the first film was released it was written and directed by the wachowskis and was about this dystopian future in which humanity is annoyed trapped inside the simulated reality known as the matrix now this entity was created by machines to distract humans while they used the human bodies as an energy source this film grossed over 460 million dollars worldwide and was praised for its innovative visual effects action sequences cinematography and honestly entertainment value it ended up winning four academy awards for best visual effects film editing sound and sound editing and even to this day it is considered to be among the best science fiction films of all time. Then in 2012, it was added to the National Film Registry for preservation. This film's success led to two sequels, The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions, which were also written and directed by the Wachowskis. There were also a good amount of comic books, video games, and also animated short films, and the Wachowskis were heavily involved in every single part of them. Now, I will say that the original Matrix film is definitely the best one out of the original three, but I'm not going to get into an analysis on those three 
films per se, aside from just knowing that these three films have a very decent story arc that I'll get more into when we talk about the new film. So Reloaded grossed $741.8 million worldwide, which broke Terminator 2 Judgment Day's record, and it became the highest grossing R-rated film of all time until 2016 when Deadpool passed it. Then the video game Enter the Matrix and the animated film The Animatrix, which was a collection of short animation supported and expanded the film's story. The animation specifically is definitely worth watching with any rewatch of the original trilogy because it definitely adds more to the story. And Enter the Matrix was a fun game, but it's only really knowledge to have mostly about specific characters, but it's not as important to the story as the animatrix is. But even so, it's, it's not even the biggest portion because most of the story is told fairly well through the actual live action films. So then Revolutions was released in 2003 and grossed $427.3 million worldwide. Now, prior to this new film, this film is noted as being the weakest in the trilogy. Now, the storyline from that film was then continued on in the Matrix Online video game. Now, with this original trilogy, there has been many thoughts on the franchise story and how it alludes to many cinematic and literary works and ideas from mythology, religion, philosophy, including ideas from Buddhism, Christianity, Nodism, Hinduism, and also Judaism. The most obvious plot point is Neo being anagram of one, but also through Neo himself having a messianic character arc and his eventual bringing of peace and salvation to humanity. Now the original trilogy even somewhat parallels biblical stories. The first film is basically the gospel, reloaded is how the new messiah and his disciples act against the machines, and revolutions is the apocalypse with Neo finally getting peace between humanity and the machines. Now another analogy is obviously with the city of Zion, which is the only human city left on earth, and it's obviously based in a similar sense of the biblical city of Jerusalem. The real life city is, is looked at as a safe place for Jewish people after years of torture. The city is the capital of Israel, which is the world's only Jewish state, but it is also known as Palestine, and this has obviously led to a very complex battle over the land and how it's controlled. Now this battle unfortunately has gone on for a couple thousand years, however the most recent conflict is mainly due to Jews fleeing persecution in Europe, and at the time, this era was an Arab and Muslim majority territory in the Ottoman Empire. Now, when the Jews arrived, the Arabs resisted, and there's been many wars, but the 1967 war is the most important to the modern generation because it gave Israel control of the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, both of which have very large Palestinian populations. Now, today, the West Bank is controlled by the Palestinian Authority, but it is under Israeli occupation. This, unfortunately, has Israeli troops enforcing Israeli rules on Palestinian movement and also activities. The Gaza Strip is controlled by Hamas, which is a Israeli Islamic fundamentalist party, but this is blocked off from the rest of the resources by the Israelis. Now, unfortunately, there hasn't been a workable solution for this conflict, and I'm not gonna get into the politics here of going back and forth, because frankly, when it comes to a lot of this, not one side is 100% innocent. And one suggested approach, though, is the so-called, quote, two-state solution that would make Palestine as an independent state in Gaza and most of the West Bank, and would give the rest of the land to Israel. However, this is only a fairly theoretical idea, as both sides have not really been able to compromise with the other. Anyway, back to the film. 
film, in a similar fashion, the film version of Zion has humans living in safety to an extent, but as shown in Revolutions, the machines are able to infiltrate that safe haven. Now, this city is a contrast to the illusionary Matrix program because Matrix is a system of control that really alters any personal, political, or ideological leanings and renders them as false. Now, Zion is a real, tangible human place that they have fought for, worked for, and at this point, a lot have died for. It is this sanctuary and really a memorial to the efforts of the people still fighting for it. Now, this was, in a sense, with the Wachowski's original intention, but not so much for a specific religion, but rather the trans population, both of which directors are part of. And this is done through many different analogies as well, such as the use of a blue or red pill. Now, this scene in the film is very famous, and it's basically a choice between the willingness to learn a potentially unsettling or life-changing truth by taking the red pill or remaining in this contented ignorance with the blue pill. Now, the red pill does have some similarities between red estrogen pills and the matrix itself is made up of ones and zeros, aka the gender binary, so you get the kind of gist behind it all. Now, the matrix itself is also filtered with this green light to emphasize that the matrix is something that is a filter to the real world. And this film, in a nutshell, is really about being true to yourself, which is a message really anyone can attach themselves with. Now, fast forward to the late 2019 when they announced that a fourth Matrix film was going to be made with Lana Wachowski returning as director without her sister and also Reeves and Moss reprising their roles as Neo and Trinity respectively. Now, they started filming in the early part of 2020, but then was stopped by the COVID-19 pandemic. And then they resumed in August of 2020 and then finished three months later. Then on December 22nd, 2021, Warner Brothers released the film on both HBO Max and in theaters. Now, prior to the release of the film, many people, including myself, were not really sure if the film was going to be a sequel, reboot, or remake. And the film hilariously ended up being all three. And at the core of it, it's a love story about Neo and Trinity. It, in a not so unique way, shows the significance of real love between two people. Now, this is something that the first three films dealt with as both Neo and Trinity resurrect each other through their love for one another. Now, this film says that they are only as powerful as the other. Neo was only able to do what he did to unite the machines and humanity because of his love for Trinity. Now, this is a point that they really tried to make, and if you don't buy that point, you're not gonna like the rest of the film. And because this is what the analyst, who's the villain in this film, played by Neil Patrick Harris, says that if it's severed, it will lead to machine control again, which then leads to the event of the film. Now, this film then shows that the love between them is too powerful to be contained by the Matrix. And frankly, it's a fairly simple and it's effective message of love conquers all and the Matrix or in essence control does not matter. Now, this film really trolls all the deniers of the original film's main meaning. Prior to this film being released, the franchise has meant a lot of different things to different people, but at the end of the day, the creator's intention is the meaning. We can interpret all we want, but at the end of the day, again, it's the creator's intention. The debate can happen, but the other interpretations are essentially the same people trying to keep control of the real meaning of the Matrix, which is control. And it's a fairly meta meaning that is shown in a fairly 
decent sequence where different people in a conference room are debating about what the meaning of the original Matrix trilogy video game was. And this shows how people who take their interpretation of truth over the creators. And in the film narrative, the creator's actual meaning of the Matrix is the control. The film also then shows how some people really care about what happens to fictional characters other than what's happening to real life human beings in the real world. And asking questions, how do we separate ourselves from the fiction of the Matrix? And the film is basically says that the only real way is through real love and there's really no stronger love than humankind's love for one another. And frankly, that is a good message to have. However, when it comes to the message execution, the film isn't as perfect as the message seems secondhand to the meta-ness of it. The first third of the film has so many meta jokes poking fun at Warner Brothers and the, and the franchise itself, but they do provide some laughs, but even so, the jokes end up becoming almost word-for-word -word quotes from the prior films. And the film's story is frankly so predictable because it takes directly from the prior film. This makes the writing seem lazy, even with the film's strong message. Now, it's not all bad, especially with the acting from Henwick as Bugs and Abdul Mateen as the new Morpheus being the best parts. Now, Groff playing the reimagined Agent Smith was decent, but his character was poorly written. They almost tried to make him this tech bro, but he doesn't have the same gravitas that Hugo Weaving had for the original character. Now, you shouldn't compare performances too much, but when they're playing the exact same character, it's really difficult not to. And frankly, he's just not as good. And even Abdul Mateen's Morpheus's character is going to be compared to Lawrence Fishburne's, but Abdul Mateen does add something to the role, either through fashion or otherwise, that does make me want to see more of him in the film than what was shown. Additionally, I will say I did enjoy the small connection to the prior films, such as with Chopra Jonas's character. And frankly, I think she did a decent job, which is more than I can say for a lot of her other roles. I think she's not the greatest of performers, mind-blowing or anything, but I did enjoy seeing her as that character. However, a lot of the characters don't have much of character arcs or as much as they did in the prior films. And this in itself is the biggest problem with the film because it can take away from the character arcs of the prior films. Now, this film does focus the series more onto the true meaning of the Matrix control. However, it removes the great character arcs of the prior film. Now, the narrative of control is a good one, but it almost says that the characters just don't matter anymore. And the message is what matters. Then the question ends up being, why even bring the characters back at all? This message could have been told otherwise. Yes, fans would probably riot if Neo and Trinity didn't come back, but then they also died at the end of the last one. They could have stayed dead if the message is what mattered. However, it could then be said that the message of averting control by interpretation wouldn't have as much of an impact because the people could still interpret the first three films. If the film had taken those two characters and kept them dead, people would wonder, what how about Neo? What about Trinity? Now, the director is trying to say that the fictional lives of these characters do not matter as much as people think they do. So it seems that she's taking what means most to her and displaying that on screen while also somewhat giving the fans what they want. Now this unfortunately leads to a loop of moments while also doing what the film is making fun of doing. And honestly for what it's worth it's very clear that everyone making the movie is having fun doing it. And frankly it can be a good time for old fans if you have low 
expectations. It has some decent ideas and good performances, but the execution is not the best. It's a very different type of film than the prior three. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Honestly, it really could be both. But then again, why lean on the first one so much? Then the question becomes, why even create this film at all? To make the message important? Sure. And one cannot help but think that there's some financial reasons for creating this film as well. Now, does it succeed as a sequel? Not really, because it's so tonally and stylistically different from the prior two films. However, it does expand on the original story, so it succeeds there. Does it succeed as an action film? Sure, but mostly because it uses the prior film scenes. So the film succeeds with its message, its characters, and the majority of the details, and also the majority of the plot, but really fails with its direction and some of the plot and also the details of the film. Now, the ranking of this would probably put it on the same level of as Revolutions at a three out of five, and I enjoyed both of them for different reasons. Having said that, Revolutions is slightly more preferable as is everything that has a similar tone to the original films. However, my preferences are different from than what Wachowski wanted, but I'm not denying her message. I do agree with her overall message and its importance to the trans community. I just think the tone of that message was better executed in the prior films and also the projects that expanded on those films because this new one is just so tonally different that it feels almost completely separate at the same time. Now, would I rewatch this film? Probably, but only after I will rewatch all of the others. Now, what did you think? Let me know. Hit me up on social media. The formal review is on Facebook, Twitter, and the Gram, and also YouTube. The handle's all the same. It's at the formal review. And for anyone who has supported me on a financial basis, I thank you very much for supporting me in that way. For anyone who wants to support, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash formal review and click support this podcast, and any donation is appreciated. Thank you all again for tuning in. And until next time, wash your hands, get vaccinated, or if not, wear a mask. And I'll see at the movies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Formal Review. Cheers, and we'll see you next time.